Hi, my name is Joe, and I want to welcome you to the Successful Christian Podcast. We have a very interesting treat today because we're going to get on a topic that uh, has been really taught wrong for a long time. And if you sit back and ask the right questions, you will undoubtedly start to catch some of the clues, which should make you ask more questions. And you will come out with the answers and what I'm about to teach you right here and kind of make clear for you so that you really understand what's happening. And we're talking about the topic of marriage and divorce. Marriage and divorce has been explained so incorrectly for the last 120 years. And it's just repeated back and taught and repeated back and taught and repeated back without really questioning what's going on. When we dig into this, the word divorce is only used a few times in the Bible. Now, you must keep in mind that during this time, see, Christ came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to change it or destroy it. With the Pharisees trying to find a fault in him, trying to find something to condemn him for, right? Remember, they needed Judas to condemn him, to act as a, a false witness against him in order to condemn him. I want you to keep in mind that while the Pharisees are trying to find this fault in Christ, they are waiting for him to say something that goes against the law of Moses. They are waiting because a lot of the Christians, a lot of pastors, a lot of teachers will say, well, Christ changed that. And then he said, no, if he would have changed it, they would have had right to stone him right there for breaking the law, for even instructing someone else to break the law. So that is not what Christ is getting at. You have to understand that concept. He cannot change what Moses wrote. He has to fit within that. Once Moses wrote the law, once it was declared perfect by David, it's done. It's a done deal. So everything that Christ comes to do has to be within that in order for him to be the Christ. Sinless. Die as sinless. Now, if we believe he changed it, then we then right there he committed sin. And he can't be Christ. This is a hard ball to swallow. He cannot change it. He cannot change the law of Moses because that would be an instant sin. They don't even need Judas to kiss him on the cheek or anything. They don't even need that. They just, that's it. They can try to condemn him for breaking their laws. They were always trying to trick him. Keep that in mind. It's funny to say that a lot of uh, believers today will meet, well, what do you believe? Well, what do you believe about this? And what do you believe? And they're really trying to see if there's a differentiator. It's almost the same thing what they were doing, but they're trying to condemn Christ. And so in Matthew 19, they come in and they say, let me, let me read it so you understand exactly what part of them. And it says, it's uh, Matthew 19, verses 3 through 9. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now, you really have to understand what's happening here. Because I just read it to you out of a King James Version. Every other version uses the word divorce here. Well, that's what caught my attention too because I had always read it as divorce. Why does it say put away? Well, because the correct word here in, in Greek is apaluo, and that means to put away. It's also the same word that was used when uh, right before Jesus was fed the 5,000 and they say, hey, it's getting dark. You know, let's apaluo them. Let's send them away. It's the same word. That word does not mean divorce. It means to send away. If you've ever met somebody, I'm sure we all have, they are married, but they're separated. That's Apaluo. They're separated. He has sent her away. During those times, 
That was actually tragic. See, we have interpreted this to fit our morality, our self-righteousness, our idea of what we think is right, to fit our ways and our customs. Back then during that time, if you remember Jacob, Jacob worked seven years for Rachel and got Leah, and then he worked seven more for Rachel. Well, why did he do that? There was a very, um, it's a custom. It was a custom that they had. It's a custom still held in a lot of parts of the world. Um, and there is a dowry, a uh, bride price. The groom's parents pay to the bride's parents for the wife of the son. And while Jacob didn't have that at the time because he, was, he had fled and he was working, he worked for his father-in-law-to-be for Rachel. Now, if you understand even the marriage concept back then, the marriage concept back then, he didn't even get to see his wife. He had to go into the tent. There was no ceremony. There was no anything like that. The word wife in the Hebrew text is the same word for sister and woman. So it could be any of those things, any of those three words interpreted in, a, in that way. Well, what's taking place here? He goes into the into the tent where she's waiting, and then he performs the marriage act, which is really um, a sexual act. You know, that's what they performed. That's that was the union. And when they came out, they would, if you really understand what's happening, they would take out the sheets and they would show the spots of where they had been, and that was what everyone witnessed, and that was considered married. That's not today. We don't consider that married. We consider the ceremony. And the reason we have witnesses is because back then someone said, well, no, I was just laying with her. I wasn't. We're witnessing that you've consented that this was a marriage act. That's what we're talking about. Now, that dowry was paid to the bride's parents. In return, the bride's parents also gave them a lot of, a lot of things to start off as a new couple. Well, when it gets down to Matthew 19, the word divorce is only found in one spot within this verses 3 through 9. It's only found in one spot. And it is the part where the Pharisees reply to Christ. Let me just read the whole thing to you. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said for this cause shall man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh but therefore there what therefore God has joined together let no man put asunder the word asunder does not mean um it means a divided state. It doesn't mean a severed or separate. It, it, it doesn't mean a severed state. It's a divided state. Now we think of that as a divorce. They say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement? That is the first time the word is used, the divorce word is used in that correctly. And to put her away, apaluo, there's that word. He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But the, from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, 
and shall marry another committeth adultery. At this moment, I want you to keep in mind that a, a woman, it's a woman, a woman that committed adultery or fornication was caught in the act of fornication was not just divorced. They were stoned. Remember when they brought the woman that was caught in the act to see how Jesus would judge? Well, that's a whole other can of worms. But they only brought the woman. They didn't bring the man because even if she's married and she's, he's committing adultery too, right? So keep that in mind that she is stoned for committing adultery or fornication. That wasn't an act of divorce. That was an act of complete severness because she was no longer in existence. Think about these things. And whoso marrieth her, which is put away, doeth commit adultery. Now, you have to understand what's being said here. Put away. Not an official divorce. It's a separation. It's a separation. They are, the reason they are doing a separation. See, back then, if you separated from your wife, your wife back then in those customs, even in some of the Islamic customs today, a woman is not allowed to talk to a man other than her husband or out of the presence of her husband. That could be considered an adultery. Uh, if she were to leave and go into the neighbor's house, even though the wife and the husband were there, that could be considered an adultery. And so it wasn't just the act of adultery. It could be several things that could be considered an adultery. So what is taking place here is the men are not wanting to give back some of that dowry. So they're just sending them away. They are causing them to just leave. And if you don't give them that paper of divorcement, they could be stoned. They could literally be stoned and have to face something as harsh. In the New Living Translation, it says that God hates divorce. That's not the word. It says epalul. Epalul is a, it says don't deal with them so treachery, violent, right? Because if you send them away without giving them that paper of divorce, that's exactly what you're sending them to. Back then also, the custom was that if a woman came back like that, even it was very hard for her to go home to her parents' house because it was a shame. A lot of women would commit suicide. Now, we don't teach these things. We don't teach this. It, it, it's very far. It does not bring a woman into a state of an equality with a man, which is what we have today. But if you read it with the right words in place, you'd understand why it says that if a man marries a woman, this is where Jesus says, if a man, if whosoever shall put away, send away his wife without divorce, except it be for fornication and shall marry another, commits adultery. If you just send her away without divorcing, you marry another. Well, what was the, what was the original words of Moses? Uh, the original words of Moses, which is law. Here's, here's the, 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 one of the main concepts that you have to understand. That Christ, they're looking for Christ to misinterpret or change something that is law because they're trying to find a fault in him now when moses made the law when a man is married and he finds some uncleanliness in his wife because you have to remember they didn't have dating back then all the time they didn't have that kind of dating they were kind of an arranged marriage and he's married this woman or vice versa because during that time when Christ is being questioned about this, uh, the Roman custom was also that women would divorce their husbands. And the Hebrew were starting to, the Jews, the Jewish were starting to adopt this. During that time, when Moses did this, Moses said to get, write a certificate of divorce, give it to her, and send her away. She's really, they're really supposed to give him back of half of that dowry. 
half of that estate goes back to them. They did not want to give back that estate. So they would send them away without the divorce paper, which did not entitle them to half of the state. It sent them away as an adulterous fornicator. So they were liable to be stoned. See, you have to understand how twisted this is. And so when Christ is talking about this, that was not this sending them away without the certificate of divorce and putting them in this harm and not get that's not supposed to be so that's very hard for us to understand so it's easier to explain as a divorce to send a woman away without an official divorce was almost a sentence a death sentence and in order to keep some of the dowry to keep that dowry and keep that half of that estate that's exactly what was taking place and the reason i'm explaining this is because Today, people divorce a lot more often. It's it's really the word that Moses used was uncleanliness. Uncleanliness, again, was a nakedness, some nakedness, not just a nakedness, some nakedness as in the role that a wife would play in a marriage or that a husband would play in a marriage. There was, they were going into this union, understanding the roles for one another, how they were going to act, how they were going to help each other, what they were going to do, what was taking place. And... A lot of times today, we don't understand that. Love is a harmony. And most people don't have love. They have emotional attachment. There's not a harmony. And I was explaining this to my wife the other day. And I said, I find a lot of women. A lot of women will find a guy. And she'll fall in love with this guy. And we can all possibly see that we know how he is. We know some. We know it probably is not the best match for her doesn't matter but the thing what does matter is this is when a woman falls in love like that and it's mainly women that do this they'll paint a romantic story in their heart and they'll see through that window and they're so no matter what the guy does it, it no matter how bad it is no matter how naked of his role he is she will just still see him in that light to her it's a beautiful love story to everyone else we can see that she's probably being mistreated sometimes or even being brutalized sometimes and no matter what a woman will sometimes find and, and see how it's her fault it's her fault because she should have done this it's her fault because she should have done that and when they finally wake up from it, it it's devastating it is devastating and what's happening is that our emotions our their emotions are painting a picture that isn't real it, it's not real at that moment to them, it's real, but it's not real. See, love is harmony in three areas, mind, body, spirit. And when you have harmony, you're in support of one another. You're going oftentimes in the same direction. You have a lot of the same desires and wants. What you find today is I like you and you like me. And we have a way of talking and getting along, but we're really going in different directions. And because we're going in different directions, I might hold you back and you might hold me back and right in one comfortable spot. And the growth ability stops. Being married to someone that is unevenly yoked with you is the number one cause of failure in everything. In all successful business, in all successful, it is the number one cause of failure. We also look at the top 50 most successful men in the world is that that's ever that we know of in the last 200 years and they all had 
a wife that was there very on board very on board there was two of them that did not out of the 50 but the two that got the support were gaining it from the other woman sad to say that that's the case but i'm saying that to say being in a relationship where it is unevenly yoked that is a nakedness and i'm not saying that it's a cause for divorce you can believe whatever you want i am trying to give you the truth behind it even when the word says let the bishop be the husband of one wife in order to fit it to our morality we say that means he can only be married one time well we know if he were to be married if he if he were to get married right now if he if that bishop is 30 years old and he marries a woman and she's 25 years old and a car hits her and she dies he is free to marry again is that true we would ask theologians we can ask pastors yes so we know that that's not what's talking about why is that he can be married to one wife the rest of them have a few wives sometimes two depending on how much they could afford that was the custom that's not our custom that's not what we do I'm not saying that's what for you to do but we must know the truth in order for me to understand God God is spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth and there are some aspects of the truth that we don't like we do not like that but you must have you must understand that that word divorce it was really a separation without a legal divorce that is what was taking place a separation without a legal divorce now like i said the the new living translation has has a what it states that god hates divorce that's not what it says there god hates a separation without divorce a separation without divorce and most of the times those separations were coming from an unjust cause from men. They were coming from an unjust, selfish cause. He wants maybe this lady instead. He can't afford both of them, so he's gonna get rid of this one and keep all the stuff. Makes a lot of sense, right? Now it makes sense why someone that marries a woman that is put away, not legally divorced, commits adultery. Makes sense? See, when you read it, there's a question that, that that comes up and you really have to stop see children ask the questions that we should ask as adults and we don't ask them now you can dive deeper into this and you'll find more things and you'll start to understand that our morality our self-righteousness has taken and, and cloaked how we interpret something but is also cloaked how we interpret a lot of things this is why a lot of times Christians are dying of cancer Christians are dying of heart disease Christians are dying of diabetes Christians are having all kinds of problems with their health if I bring myself into a state of union with God if the prodigal son returns back home God and disease cannot be in the same place we would have to think that Christ by his stripes we are healed it didn't work by his stripes we are healed my sins are gone it didn't work well that's not true it does work it absolutely does work the problem is we are not in that state in order to be able to receive that some of you really need to hear this and some of you might be upset about it and some of you might blah 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 it's okay it's the truth i'm not here to tell you what you want to hear i'm here to help you if you want to be helped if you don't want to be helped see i don't go out and and i'm not saying i'm going to go out and i'm going to be a polygamist i'm absolutely not i am married to my wife and my wife that i have is the best that it she's better than I could have ever imagined she's better in so many ways 
that I could have ever imagined for myself. God gave me exactly what I needed. I asked and I waited on God. One of the saddest, saddest things I find in older women, older women, I'm talking about late 30s, early 40s, mid 40s, is that they were in a relationship. They're no longer in a relationship. And the fact of going forward to them and going into another relationship or possibly finding a relationship after they've been in something reminds them of going back. That must leave the mind. And you will find a lot of women like that. They, the idea of going into some, no, I'd already had that. I already been there. It's like the person that was riding a bike and then they fell down off the side of a cliff. They rolled down. They got scraped up and they hurt. They don't want to ride a bike anymore. Well, a, riding a bike can be absolutely fun. It can be joyous. It can be adventurous. There's a lot of things. Doesn't always mean you're going to fall off the side of the road, right? But the idea of getting on that bike or forming another relationship is the idea that I'm going back to that bike fall. That can't be there. We have to get rid of these things. We have to let those things go. We can't give that a place to find me. Yes, bad things happen. Yes, things like that happen. But also, good things happen. And God has a way of making things work. God has a way that that is beyond. I I always want to find how God... I want to see how God's going to do something. I'm not wondering how it's going to happen. In doubt. I'm excited to see how it's going to happen and how he's going to make it work out. Because when he makes something work out, the intricacy, when you start looking at the deals, you can see his fingerprints in the whole way, though in everything, in every aspect of it. For some of you, like I said, this is what you need to hear. Maybe not be, It may not be the most popular message, but I hope it finds you well wherever you're at and wherever situation you're at. God bless. Thank you for watching.